Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olawumi Brigway. I'm a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, the premier personal development platform equipping and empowering women to create their best life from the inside out. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, my goal is to help you disengage from limiting and faulty belief systems so that you can think differently, believe differently, and live differently. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Olaomi Brigway and welcome back to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. All season long, season two, I've been talking about purposeful living and there are 10 episodes in the season. This is episode eight of 10. First things first, if you have not caught all the episodes, the first seven episodes in the series so far, I want to strongly recommend that you go and listen to these episodes, especially, especially if you're someone that is serious about living a life of impact. If you're someone that has a strong desire to live a life of significance. So I recommend going back to listen to those episodes. And today I'm going to build on what I've talked about so far. I want to talk about the practical ways that you can actually begin to invest invest in people, investing in humanity. And there are three levels. So I'm talking about the three levels of meaningful impact, the three levels at which you can impact the people in your life and your world. And I've deliberately used the word levels because they're not all created equal. (laughs) Some will have greater impact than others. And I will walk you through what I mean by that. So that's money, that's time, and that is essence. Your money, your time, and your essence. These are the three pillars of meaningful impact. And each one actually has a higher level compared to the one before it. So let's get started. First of all, a quick reiteration of what purposeful living is. So purposeful living is literally living a meaningful and intentional life that is about contributing to something larger than yourself. When you start to talk about purpose, you're literally saying there's something that God has put inside me that is more than what I need for my own life. And if it's more than what I need for my own life, then surely it must be that other people are meant to benefit from it. So when you begin to think of purpose like that, you will realize that in whatever season you find yourself, there is something that you're carrying. There's something 
something that you have available to you that you can release to your environment and that will cause other people to move forward in their lives. So that is what purposeful living is. It is not some destination. It is not when I finally achieve this thing, then I would have fulfilled purpose. And it's not, oh, there's a huge calling upon my life to do this or to do that. No, every season of your life. In fact, I say very confidently that every day of your life, there's purpose loaded into it. And that purpose literally could be, what are you doing in that day to help somebody that is having suicidal thoughts? You don't know they're thinking that way. They come to work and they just look a bit downcast. You don't know what's going on in their minds. You smile at them. You offer to have a conversation with them just to cheer them up. And you would not know how you have literally saved a life by having one friendly conversation with a colleague that you barely ever see or you barely ever talk to. Now, have you fulfilled purpose in that day? 100%. 100%. Even though I honestly believe we don't truly know the impact or the magnitude of the investments we're making into people. I believe that many of us will be shocked if literally the curtains were pulled back and we could see how much we have impacted humanity. So that is purpose. Purpose is an everyday occurrence. It is not some far out destination that we are all aspiring to and never get to. And of course, if you're going to fulfill purpose or if you're going to live out purpose, it is anchored on the fact that you have to be investing in people. There is no purposeful living without investments in the people in your life, whether it is in your immediate circle or beyond. Purposeful living is impossible without actually investing in the lives of people. And in one of the previous episodes, I talked about how God puts people at the top of the food chain. So if we're all about, okay, I want to just fulfill purpose. I want to make sure that I build this large organization or I build this business, but the sole motivation for doing it is just, I've set myself a target and I want to do this regardless of what happens. You will climb on people's heads, throw people under the bus treat people harshly in trying to get to that goal, forgetting that along the way, you've also had multiple opportunities to live out purpose, meaning to invest in humanity. So it cannot be about achieving things. It is always about how am I making somebody's life better or the lives of a group of people better. It has to go beyond the superficial motivation. Because remember, it says very clearly in 1 Corinthians 13 that God will actually look on the heart. It says that you may give your body to be burned. You may give away all your goods and do all these fantastic things that people externally will look at you and say, wow, this person is just so kind, they're living purpose, etc." But God looks at the heart. He looks at the motivation. So it is not helping for the sake of helping because I look good when I help. It is not helping because you're looking for validation. It is not helping based on the fact that at heart you're a people pleaser and you know that when you go out all out to help people. They will be friendly towards you. They will want to be your friend. All of these things is not about purposeful living. Purposeful living is genuinely committing ourselves and our resources to move people's lives forward. So I want to talk about those three levels of meaningful impact. And like I said, they are money, time, and essence. So let's start with money. It is all well and good for somebody to say, I just need a job that helps to pay all my bills. If I can just get a job that pays my bills and we're quote unquote comfortable, I'm good. 
there's nothing good about that because if you only have enough for yourself, that means actually that you have not entered into overflow. I talked about that in episode seven. You're meant to push, push until you enter into overflow so that your life is not just about meeting your own needs, but also for other people to be able to drink from your own rivers of living water. So money is important. The more money somebody has, the more power they have in actually impacting people's lives. Money is important. Yes, we'll talk about time and we'll talk about essence, but money can go as far as literally meeting the basic things of life. There are people that do not have money to feed themselves or their families like three meals a day. There are people that are walking the face of this earth that Literally one dollar or one pound a day is all they need to feed the family of four. That's all they need. I mean, to us living in the Western world, what's one pound? Say what's a pound? But that one pound or one dollar goes a long way. People are dying of hunger. People are dying of starvation. So money is important, particularly in meeting the basic needs of humanity. Things like shelter, feeding, education, protection, all those things, you need money for that. And the more impact you can make at the community level, the better. So it's all well and good for me to say, okay, I'm going to send some money to a family and I'm going to send them some money every month to feed them and to make sure that this family can meet their basic needs. But If we're talking about significant impact, you can begin to think wider than that and saying, okay, instead of just being able to support one family, how can I support 10 families? Or how can I even go into policy making that will make it easier? And that's the harder part, isn't it? That will make it easier for an entire community of people to live in a way that their basic needs are met. If you don't have that met, it is impossible, extremely difficult for anybody to think beyond that. Somebody that's starving, no matter what you try and tell them, the only thing on their mind is how am I going to eat? How am I going to find my next meal? Somebody that doesn't have money to send their children to school, things that a lot of us take for granted. So financial support helps to alleviate immediate needs and provides opportunities for individuals and communities. So when we're talking about money, one of the things that you should regularly ask yourself is, out of the money that is coming into me, am I taking part of that to help the people that are in my environment? Am I taking part of that to make somebody's life better, particularly at the basic needs level? Because honestly, Money is for solving problems at the basic needs level. If it's not at the basic needs level, somebody comes to you and says, oh, I want to buy this bag and the bag costs 10,000 pounds. I've saved 9,000. I just need 1K. You are well within your right to say, go and look for the remaining 1K. I don't have money for that because it's not basic needs. It is not basic needs. <laughs> don't let people guilt trip you, especially if you have an abundance of resources. If you have stepped into overflow financially, don't let people put you on some kind of guilt trip trying to extract from you money that is not for their basic needs. Do you see what I mean? Especially those that will not actually go out and generate money for themselves. And that is because they've hooked themselves up to someone that is being quote unquote their helper. They're not actually opening themselves up to opportunities to dig themselves out of their financial holes. At the basic needs level, 
you should ask yourself, how am I helping? How am I contributing? And this includes things like if you have elderly parents, are you supporting them? How are you supporting your parents? How are you supporting people that somehow they can't afford to send their children to school? They're working very hard, but the children just don't have access to good education. And you're thinking, how much is it going to cost for me to send your child to school for five years, six years? To you, it's a little dent. For to them, it is their entire world. So looking for opportunities like that, actively look for, pray and say, Holy Spirit, bring me such opportunities where I can use my money to literally save somebody's life. Do you understand what I mean? Basic needs will save somebody's life. Somebody that can't afford to feed their family properly. Somebody that doesn't have a roof over their heads. A little money goes a long way in literally saving that person's life. So money is absolutely important, particularly at meeting basic needs. However, we must understand that money is not the be all and the end all. In fact, when we try to throw money at problems that are deeper than meeting basic needs, we can create more problems for the person we're trying to help. Number one, money may not address the root causes of the problems that that person is experiencing. A very simple example is this. Somebody that has been out of work, let's say for three years. And of course, because they haven't been working, some of their basic needs are not being met. So they're struggling. They need money. However, just literally, and this is a full grown person, full grown adult, and they keep coming to you and you keep supporting them. You keep putting some money towards meeting their basic needs. This could be a family member. Usually it's like a family member and you're sending money and supporting the person. Now, even though you are helping to meet that person's basic needs, there's a deeper problem that needs to be solved. There are deeper questions that need to be asked as to why that person is still in that situation after a long period of time. If something unexpectedly happens to someone, someone encounters a challenging situation and they didn't foresee it, all of a sudden they were sacked or made redundant or the company folded and they were out of a job and they hadn't necessarily had savings, then you can say, oh my goodness, this is terrible. How can I help? And over a period of however long you think you should be able to help, while the person is working to get themselves back on their feet, that's different. You're helping to meet their basic needs. But it becomes problematic when we now take money to try and solve problems that will keep the person rooted in problems that they need to solve in order to move their life forward right? So that's the first one. It's very easy for us to throw money in order to try and just get rid of surface, like the fruit. Meanwhile, the root is rotten and the root needs to literally be excavated and something needs to be done about the problems in that person's life. So that's the first one. The second reason is financial handouts can create dependency and hinder personal growth. So that person keeps getting a certain amount of money and whatever amount of money they're getting from you, it cannot be the level of their potential. So even if let's say somebody is saying, oh, this person has been out of a job and I just want to help them. So I'm going to support them and send them 500 pounds every month or 200 pounds every month. Is that person capable of generating more than 200 or 500 pounds every month by themselves if they apply themselves 100%? But here's where the problem lies. The moment, and remember, the brain is a very, very efficient organ. The moment a loop opens up, 
and the solution is provided through a particular channel, the brain registers it and says, the next time I find myself in a jam or in a fix, automatically it looks to getting the solution from that channel. In other words, every time they get into a fix, it's you they'll call. Oh, can you lend me this amount of money? I promise to pay you back. My mortgage is a bit short. My rent is short by 200 pounds this month. Please, can you help? The problem with that is if it's not a one-off, like all of a sudden something happened and they are desperate and they need your help and then you help them just as a very, very short-term solution. If it becomes mid to long-term, what begins to happen is divine creative ideas for them to increase their income, for them to generate more money will never show up to them because automatically the moment they see that, ah, my rent is not going to be complete this month. I need 300 pounds. The moment they think that thought, the brain automatically suggests you. And there are a number of problems with that. You have become the person's savior because they will not even pray again. They won't even take that matter to God again to say, ah, ah, how is it that I'm always short by 300 pounds every month in terms of my rent? Holy Spirit, show me what do I do in order to generate, in order to push past this problem and enter into abundance. They will not take it to Jesus. They will not take that thirst to Jesus because they have somebody that's acting as a Jesus in their life. They're not going to grow. They're not going to push to get out of that situation. You are the automatic solution provider. So whatever other channels, whatever other creative ideas that God wants to bring to them, they will be absolutely blind to it. They won't even consider it because they're just zoned in on, okay, let me just go and call this person. They may feel bad about it. They may even feel guilty like, hey, I'm always going to this person. But honestly, they'll say, oh, but they're the only person that can help. There's no other way. They'll keep telling themselves that there's no other way because the brain has tricked them to believe that you are the only solution. This is my last resort. If this person doesn't help me, I'm toast. And that cannot be true. That can, it is impossible for one human being to be your only channel. That's impossible. God has multiple channels that he wants to get resources to us, but they will not see those other channels because you are the one over a period of mid to long term, you've been showing up to help with their basic needs in a way that is detrimental to them. God forbid there's a month where you two, you're like, I'm really sorry, I can't help. That is what creates resentment, bitterness, envy, jealousy, and damages relationships because you have become their crutch. And it's a natural response that if you've been relying on somebody and all of a sudden they don't show up for you in that way, the natural response is you're going to be angry. In fact, I was in a coaching call with one of my clients and I explained this and I said, imagine that you're leaning on something. So somebody is standing beside you and you're sort of playfully leaning on their shoulder. You've put part of your weight on it. And all of a sudden, this person just moves. Are you not going to stagger? You're going to stagger and go, oh, what's going on? Why did you move? Your initial reaction would be, did you not see me leaning on you? Why did you move suddenly? So, of course, they're going to be angry. They're going to be upset. They're going to be like, but why are you not helping me? Even though logically they know that this person is not responsible for my life. Logically, they know that, ah, but surely this person cannot just be helping me all the time. But regardless of that, their emotions will still get triggered. Negative emotions though, will still get triggered. And this is how relationships are damaged. Do you see what I mean? So money is not a long-term solution. Money is to help people meet their basic needs. Of course, the fourth reason is 
on the part of the person that's doing the giving, you may be using money as just, just take and go, just collect and go. Meanwhile, you know that there's a higher level of investment you need to be making into that person's life. You sort of appease your own guilt. So for example, the money may come easily to you. It might be something that you're happy parting with. However, you know that just giving this person money is not really moving them forward ultimately. And you have this nudge in your heart that beyond money, actually, it will be better for you to schedule 30 minutes once a week to sit down with this person and coach them and help them actually get back into the workplace. It's the harder route. But you're like, no, no, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't want to do that. Just take the money. So it is easy for us to also use money as a crutch because again, money is the least thing. The Bible clearly tells us that, which brings me to the final point as I wrap up money and I move on to the next level. So when people are not even to invest money to make an impact, to help the people in their lives, there's a serious problem there because money is the least thing. If you're not willing to use physical resources, like the man whose grounds brought forth plenty, like the rich man that had Lazarus sitting at his gate, you have an abundance and nobody outside of yourself or your immediate nuclear family is drinking from your financial resources is something you need to rethink. Apart from your husband and your three children, nobody else. You say, eh, but what we have to is not enough. It is more than enough. Even if it is, like I said, there's some people that a pound a day will feed the entire family and will remove the stress and the worry. And they can actually focus on trying to generate money. And eventually they will not need your one pound a day anymore. You have to really think about it and say, this is the least thing. So if I'm not even willing to part with the least thing, ah, okay, so at what level then am I going to start impacting people's lives with my resources? So let's move on to the next level of resource, which is time. Time. Admittedly, a lot of us are good with using money to create impact. Money is easy. Money is easy. Honestly, you can just say, oh, really? That's what's happening. Okay, take 100 pounds and the 100 pounds is gone. You don't have to go and sit with the person. You don't have to commit your time. You just say, okay, collect and be going. And that's it. A lot of us will give money to charity. It's being debited from your account every month. You don't even know anything about what they are using the money for. You're just like, okay, at least I'm giving money. That's the end of that. But time, time is your life. Literally time is the more difficult pathway in terms of making impact but it is important. Time is important if you want to create meaningful impact. Let me give examples of why time is at a higher level than money. Number one is you can't create presence with money. So even if, think about it, even if that person has been out of a job and you give them money and they're like, they're so grateful. They're like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now I'm not talking about short term, short term. You don't really need connection because they're working on moving up and literally in a few weeks or whatever, they bounce back. And that's the end of that. I'm talking about going from mid to long term now and you give them the money. It's not creating that meaningful exchange that they need to actually move their life forward. So money cannot create the trust, the understanding and the genuine connection that comes with you sitting down with someone and investing your time in that person. 
It's one thing to give somebody what they need. It's another thing for you to sit down and listen and generally understand what they need. By doing that, you have created an avenue, a channel for that person to trust you. Understanding genuine connections. These are what we create when we invest our time. Another one is time actually allows us to mentor to transfer the knowledge, the skills, the things that we have learned that have moved us forward in order to help that person move forward as well. And the third reason is time can be invested over a long period without doing more damage. Money or resources, after a while, you can create a crutch. The person can become so dependent on you that they don't even think about any other solutions anymore. You have become their savior where that situation is concerned. But when it comes to time, because every time you spend time with the person, there's an exchange. You're not letting them just glide over. You're saying, okay, this is a mentoring relationship. And the more time you invest over a period of time, the more good it will do versus money. You can't go wrong with investing time. I mean, think about even in parenting. You know that this child has not been doing well at school. Maybe there are behavior issues or they're not even doing well academically. It's very easy to throw money at it. And so I'm going to get you a tutor or I'm going to buy you more books. But you will be shocked at the level of impact you will have with that child and not just throwing money at the situation, but saying, okay, I'm going to sit down with you for 30 minutes every day. Let us work through this thing together. That honestly has a greater level of impact than simply throwing money at it. The more time you invest in somebody over a period of time, the greater the outcomes. But I do understand, and I want to address this. I do understand that a lot of us, many of us struggle with investing our time, but you cannot use that as an excuse not to invest your time in the things that matter because time is one of the resources that God has given us to impact humanity. It cannot just be about physical material possessions or resources such as money. If you have someone that's saying, but I'm really struggling myself, I don't even have time for myself to do anything, then it is more about not just accepting that that's just my life, I don't have time. It's about sitting there and saying, how can I create time? Because you must create that time in order to make impact at a greater level. There are three ways that you can begin to look at how you're spending your time or what is taking your time in order to increase your level of investment in people where your time is concerned. The first one is look at your own personal comfort or convenience and think what part, even if it's a fraction of that, what part of it can I sacrifice in order to impact somebody else? Because remember, whatever you sow, whatever you plant gets multiplied back to you. So if there's somebody that's saying, but I just don't have time. I'm so swamped with my work and family, etc., etc. Where will I even have time to sit down and help somebody else? That is the very reason why you should create time in order to help someone. Because when you invest your time on a consistent basis, time gets multiplied back to you. So one of the ways that you can literally shave off time to impact and invest in somebody else is 
your own comfort. So when you come back from work or weekends, you find that there are days where literally you just stay on Instagram and you're scrolling on Instagram for two to three hours, or you just sit down and you're just not really doing anything that impactful. Now we're not saying to cut all of that out and everything that's convenient for you to cut it out because there's something called enjoying life as well, right? <laughs> so that's not the point. The point is, can I get a fraction of that? So the two, three, four, five hours on the weekends where, okay, yes, I know that I'm doing one or two things there, but I can still sort of get 20 minutes out, 20 minutes out to invest in somebody else. And time actually requires more thought and more planning. So for example, if you say, okay, I'm going to invest 20 minutes per week in helping somebody move forward, you have to think about it. But with money, a lot of times you can just say, okay, I'm going to start contributing to this charity and the direct debit goes out, or you wait until somebody comes to ask you for money. But with time, you have to be a bit more deliberate. And that is one of the reasons why it's harder for us to invest our time. In the previous episode, in episode seven, I talked about identifying people who are at the point of thirst where you have entered into abundance of water. So in career, for example, you're doing very well in your career. People come to ask you, do you have any advice for me? And so on. You can actually take all the people that have been coming to you and create a system around it. So if every now and then, and if you're doing quite well, if you enter into your overflow, you will most likely have people coming, wanting to know what you know and wanting their help to help them move forward. So why not create a system around that and say all these people that keep reaching out to me or all these people that I've identified in my circle whether inner or outer circle that are not doing very well in their career, that I know that 20 minutes or 30 minutes of my time once a week will significantly help them move forward. I can see why they're struggling. Just get them together into a WhatsApp group and say, I'm going to show up for 30 minutes and I'm going to walk you through these things. Or it could be one person where you get on a Zoom call for 30 minutes once a week and you can literally walk that person through. It requires more thought, it requires more planning, it requires more organization. And that's one of the reasons, of course, that we don't do it. But it is necessary because it's a higher level of impact than money. Out of your own convenience, what can I sacrifice? What fraction of that can I sacrifice? The second way you can shave time off in order to invest it in people is not saying yes to everything that you know is not creating an impact. Saying yes, for example, because you don't want somebody to feel bad. Saying yes because, oh, you just want that validation. Saying yes and taking on more work because somebody is too lazy to do their own work. Saying yes, and I'm coming for you, because you're afraid as a leader to delegate. These are things that the people in your team are meant to be doing. But because of perfectionism, you say, no, I have to do it myself. I have to do it. I can't trust other people to do it. So you're taking on a lot more work than you're supposed to be doing. And therefore your time is being squeezed out. Take stock and think about where could I say no more in order to shave my time back. And the third way that you can increase your investment of time into people is to invest your time in things that you're passionate about. Passion is a natural motivation. If somebody, for example, loves reading and this is their passion, they read and they love discussing books and they love gingering people up to read, you can create an investment, a structure around helping more people read. Because we know that reading is an important life skill. There are some people that since they left university, they've not picked up a book. And their worldviews and their perceptions are so limited and so on because they will not pick up a book. 
But if you're passionate about reading and it is not quote and unquote work for you, it's not a chore, you're happy to invest that time. That is definitely another way that you can begin to invest more in people because it's built around something that no matter what, even if you're tired, you will do it anyway because it's something that energizes you. Time is important. It is more important than money, especially for mid to long term. Money is important but for meeting basic needs. If it goes beyond meeting basic needs, then it starts becoming a problem. The next level of investment that is required is time. Now, moving on to the third one, and that is your essence. Your essence is investing yourself wholeheartedly into a cause or into a group of people or even into an individual. This goes beyond money, which is material resources. It goes beyond time because you can still invest time and say, okay, I'm spending 30 minutes with you once a week. But the moment you leave that person after the 30 minutes, you don't think about them again until the following week when you go to invest your 30 minutes. That's important and that's super helpful. But the next level of investment is wholeheartedly you carry this cause you carry this group of people or you carry this person in your heart and you are dedicated 100 to seeing them move forward you can't invest at this level into everybody it's impossible you will burn out so this is for a small group of people you probably have one cause or one group of people or one person in your life per season where you are investing your essence and of course things like your family right you are investing your essence into your family but we're saying beyond your family impact beyond that inner circle is what we're talking about so find a cause what exactly makes your heart burn or ache find a cause and commit to it it doesn't need to be more than one or find a group of people and you say do you know what i am committed to seeing you people advance and you're using what you have, not just your money, not just your time, but your essence, meaning you are carrying them beyond the times of investment. You are praying for them. You are constantly thinking of how to improve how you're investing in the lives of those people in order to move them forward. Essence is investing yourself wholeheartedly by dedicating your skills, your talents, your qualities, your time, your money, everything to supporting other people's growth and well-being. It involves having genuine care, empathy, compassion for the people or group of people or individuals that you're helping. This is not just the, okay, I'll just show up and I'll invest my time and I'll help you. Whether you do it or not, that's your problem. Me, I've done what I'm supposed to do. No, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. This is literally latching on to those individuals or that cause or that group of people or that person and saying, it's me and you until you move forward in this thing, until your life enters into some measure of abundance where this area is concerned, it is me and you. I'm committed to your progress. Investing your essence involves seeking first to understand. It is not just throwing money at the situation or even throwing time at the situation. You want to genuinely find out where they're struggling, why they're struggling, and to help them see where and how they're struggling so that they can move forward. It is being non-judgmental, offering support that is literally 
based on the love of God. It is a willingness to learn from others and to adapt to their needs. And of course, essence means you're committed to maintaining that investment over time, particularly amidst challenges. You are absolutely committed. If they are responding, if they are not responding, think about the father of the prodigal son. Even though this guy <laughs> had completely messed up, it says that when his father saw him from afar, I can imagine the father going out every morning and just looking at the horizon. When is this guy coming home? So in that kind of situation, he was deeply invested. He had invested everything into the well-being of his son. He didn't say, oh, because you've done this, you didn't listen to me. Well, go and sort it out yourself. No, 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 no. And this is why you can't invest at this level for probably more than one person or one group of people or one cause per season of your life because it can be draining. However, the Bible talks about when you have saved a soul. This is talking about the salvation of a soul. You're not just helping to palliate the situation. You're not just trying to make the situation more bearable for the person. You're actually helping them to transform into another person where they too will now stand on their own two feet and they're able to pick somebody else up and help them. And this is where the chain reaction gets triggered. So we've talked about money. We've talked about time and we have talked about investing your essence into helping people move forward in their lives. Conclusion, purposeful living stems from the conscious decision to invest in other people's lives. If you wait for opportunities to come to you, you may be underachieving or underutilizing what God has put inside you for the sake of humanity. Number two, money, time, and essence are three distinct yet complementary levels of investment. Money is important, but there's another level called time. Time is important, but there's an even greater level called your essence. Financial support, helping people with money can initiate positive change, but time and essence are crucial for deeper, more meaningful impact. Investing yourself wholeheartedly requires genuine connection and commitment to the cause or to the person. That's talking at the essence level. You have to be committed. It has to be something that has grabbed you. And you're willing to go all out. You don't start the journey and say, ah, I tried to call, you didn't pick up your phone. Well, I don't have time. Bye. You can't figure it out on your own. No, Essence does not talk like that. <laughs> Essence will call the person. They don't pick up, call them again. Because you're committed. Because you're committed. And of course, all three levels of investments get multiplied back to you. That's one of the most amazing things about living out purpose. God is not some taskmaster that just expects for you to give and give and give and give until you're completely depleted. No, every seed you sow, whether it's in the form of money, whether it's in the form of time, or whether it is in the form of giving of yourself, of your essence, it gets multiplied back to you, not just to you, but to the generations that are coming. You sit down, you help somebody, and you help them push through onto the breakthrough in their career. You are already doing well in your career. Of course, you're going to experience more favor and so on in your own career. But do you know the beauty of this thing? Your children that are coming behind you, somebody somewhere just takes a shine to them. Somebody somewhere just looks at your son and says, I just like you. I'm just committed to you prospering in this company. And literally, they just take them under their wings. And people are like, where do you know this person from? I don't know them from anywhere. But there's just something that is the harvest of the investments that you have paid into other people. It always comes back to you multiple fold. Multiple fold cross-generational. 
Okay? So, this is Allow Me Brigway, and I'll be back in the next episode. See you then.